Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Say this, it's a repeat of what I said at my postseason presser. We didn't sign Odell to trade him. Okay. So I know that's all over the place. So understand that. And that's the, all I need to say about that. Rodgers, under pressure, spun down. Richardson again, his second sack. It's the football free agency frenzy bonanza. NFL players can sign with new teams. It's true. They can. It's unbelievable. Football free agency frenzy bonanza. On Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Yes. How do you feel, Rami Maklov? We're out of the tampering period. Oh, man. Now everything is official. No more tampering. No more tampering. Things are really happening now. Contracts are being signed. Antonio Brown got a haircut. He lost lost the gold mustache. Kind of disappointed in losing the gold mustache. Me too. Not going to lie. A little bit. Yeah, this press conference is happening right now. We've got... Okay, if if three years ago, if I would have told you, by the way, uh, Judd Zolgad must be really sick today because this is his favorite week of the year. It's speculation week, it's football, and he came down with the flu last night. So we're hoping he can join us tomorrow again. But if I would have told you three years ago, there's going to be a press conference in which John Gruden, Mike Mayock, and Antonio Brown will all be on the same team talking to the media in the same press conference. You would say, what went wrong? Why? <laughs> or, or did, oh, ESPN must have hired Antonio Brown and Mike Mayock. <laughs> right? Yeah, probably. That seems like the more likely destination for all three guys. <laughs> Not the Oakland Raiders, or no. they seem to be Las Vegas Raiders. I thought he like went clean cut and everything for the press conference, and you can't see it from the angle we're looking at right now on Ant- our Antonio? TV. Antonio? Yeah. Um, he so he has like a fade, and like we said, he got rid of the 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 gold mustache and the scraggly beard. But in the back of the fade is there's like dreadlocks. There's like a okay. there's like a ponytail of dreadlocks in have, the back. Have you of the ever fade. thought of doing that with your Actually, ponytail? Seth said the same thing. He said that's your new hairstyle, Rami. I said Photoshop that immediately for <laughs> at Score North on Twitter. Yeah, what would it take for us to to get you the full dreadlocks for like <laughs> just for like baseball season? Or a mullet? Can we can we do some work with the sides and a the mullet? top and turn it into a mullet? Like, for how long? Can I just go to a regular haircut after that? Are we just going to take a picture and move on with our lives? Mullet or? for the state fair. 
Ooh, yeah, the just whole for state fair. Twelve, 12 day run. Yeah. 12, twelve day run. Twelve day run. Twelve day run of Rami with the mullet mm. and jean shorts. I have to run you that by the girlfriend. To, you have to wear shorts. I got to run that by the girlfriend. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to be broken up with because I want to rock a mullet for twelve days yeah. at the state fair. The mullet. You could rent a T bird. Drive around. Uh, I, I just want to go through a list here with you and 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 check off the things that are happening since the last time we took the microphone. All right. And some of these are Vikings related. Some of them are former Vikings related. Some of them are maybe future Vikings related or not. But let's just go down the list. Rapid fire, and and we'll fill this in with our own commentary as we go. Vikings and NFL news and speculation here. Things that are percolating right now. Okay. Trey Wayne's $9 million salary is now fully guaranteed. Hello, Matthew Collar, grabbing his jacket. As of 3 p.m., uh, which means the Vikings didn't cut him, A, and B, if they trade him, well, this would, would have been the case anyways. If they trade him, the other team that would acquire him has to absorb the $9 million. So uh, Trey Wayne's $9 million fully guaranteed, and uh, according to Ian Rappaport, teams are inquiring about trading for Trey Wayne's. So if the Vikings are looking for some cap relief, they at some, they've got to find a way to make room for Anthony Barr's salary. There's another shoe to drop. Yes. at some point in in the Anthony Barr signing, there is another shoe to drop. They could be Griffin. It could be restructuring Rudolph. It could be Trey Wayne's Xavier Rhodes. Xavier Rhodes. So there is at least one other shoe to drop, if not more than one. So do you think? Uh, w- w- <sighs> Although, if more than one shoe drop, then you just have a. A pair of shoes. Never mind. My analogy doesn't work. Or both feet would be on the floor. I yeah, not I really know. sure. Um, I feel like it makes more sense for them to go the Everson Griffin route than the Trey Wayne uh, Trey Wayne's trade route. But obviously, if someone would give you like a second round pick for a nine million dollar player, you'd have to consider that if to you think you have enough depth. To me, of those three guys, of Rudolph Griffin and Wayne's Rudolph and Griffin, to me, make the most sense of either releasing those guys or restructuring them. And I talked about this today on Purple Daily. Why, if it's true what Kyle Rudolph is saying, that they haven't approached him about restructuring, that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. If it's true. I don't know that it's entirely true. But if it's true, that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Kyle Rudolph essentially said, look, I love it here. I want to play here the rest of my career. And really, from a financial and negotiating standpoint, I have no leverage. So if the Vikings wanted to approach me about a renegotiate a re restructuring of my contract, I would basically have to be open to it. If the Vikings I have no wanted, choice. To, wanted to handcuff me and send me down to the dungeon like Fifty Shades of yeah. Grey, like they they pretty much own my soul. He's right saying now. Yeah. I want to be here <laughs> and I have no leverage. Call me, and the Vikings are like, Nah, it's cool. Right, you take the seven and a half million, dude. We're good. I was expecting something else to happen before four o'clock Central Time. I was I was expecting. Some sort of big news, I because I don't think. Correct me if I'm wrong here. I don't think Anthony Barr can sign that contract until the Vikings do something else, right? I don't think they have room. It was to in fit the, uh, his thirteen and a half, fourteen million dollars. It was actually in the Star Tribune today, I believe, that his cap hit on the first year of the contract is only about four and a half million dollars. Okay, so they've they've pushed it far enough out yeah. where so that he can sign the contract and okay, all right. It's funny how that works in the NFL. Like, and another thing I learned, uh, I learned this in Courtney Cronin's article today, and she joined us on Purple Daily. You can catch that at scorenorth.com or search uh, Score North Vikings wherever you download podcasts. Um, they don't have to resolve things with Everson Griffin until Friday. That's when his contract becomes fully guaranteed. That's I thought today would be the deadline for that with the start of the new year, and I also assumed 
thinking that that there would be some sort of resolution by the time we got on the air today with Everson Griffin, but they have until Friday to figure that out, yeah. which uh, just stretches out the football free agency frenzy bonanza. So I'm good with that. Football free agency frenzy bonanza. Yes. If you want to stretch it out until June, I would actually. <laughs> That's what baseball would do. I was going to say. That's funny. I now just, we're entering into baseball territory. Like, I saw a story today that the Atlanta Braves are not currently engaged with Dallas Keuchel or Craig Kimbrell. Neither are any other baseball teams, apparently. It's great. We're two weeks before the regular season, and key baseball free agents are out there. Baseball really needs this. I don't want to get too far off track, but baseball really needs what we're doing right now in the NFL. And the NBA has it, too. They have their own days, whether it's trade deadline day or free agency day. They have their own days where they just create chatter and buzz around their sport that has nothing to do with what's going on on a court yeah. or on a field of play, and baseball just does not have that right now. Like, we're happy to do baseball free agency frenzy bonanza. Would love to. I woke oh, up, dude, are you kidding? I woke up today, and I know that taking the temperature of Twitter is not always representative of the wide listening audience slash viewing audience and podcasting audience. Twitter is like 30% more angry than society and our listenership. Right, yeah. Right. And yeah. we, and uh, we tend to live on Twitter because we're sports people and that's where uh, sports people hang out. But I woke up to a bunch of angry tweets. Why are you guys, why so much football? Why so much Vikings, you know, Mackie and Judd, uh, and you guys used to talk other things on your show. And I'd say, listen, if baseball wants to be exciting in the off season, and the Twins have been splashy enough, and so we've like I I don't think we have to apologize on this show. We've done a ton of Twins, especially when we have you in the mix now. Uh, and when Judd was in spring training, we spent right. entire shows talking about the Twins. But the answer, like the the big picture answer, is football is just they've created a system, love them or hate them, where you have a week where. Every team in the NFL is trading and spending millions of dollars. And then all of a sudden, like after a week, the dust settles, the smoke clears and the carnage is over. It's like it's the floodgates open. It's one week. Teams like the Browns are trading for players like Odell Beckham Jr. Le'Veon Bell is giving hope to teams like the Jets, right? I mean, imagine the baseball equivalent where Bryce Harper goes to the Royals. I mean, that the baseball equivalent would be Manny Machado decides bleep it. I'm going to go play for the Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> and that's pretty much what's happening here. Right. Because right. in football, the structure is such that the Jacksonville Jaguars can pay for the top quarterback on the market. And the Cleveland Browns can go out and get a $20 million wide receiver or whatever, $15 million wide receiver. Uh, baseball, it's a bunch of different reasons why they're not active. And so, therefore, they don't get the discussion around the country that the NFL gets and the NBA gets because they don't have the frenzy nature that those other sports have. Yeah, what those sports have is parity. And I'm not talking about co- a competitive parity, again, on a field or on a court, any sort of field of play. They have parity in terms of who can actually get players and superstars to come to their cities. And baseball doesn't have parity in either sense, yeah. not on the field of play and not in their system and, and how players can be moved around and acquired. And they don't have these de facto holidays surrounding the sport. We have an entire week an entire, and we're not the only ones. Football free agency frenzy I mean, we're doing it better than anybody else, but we're not the only ones doing this. We're just doing it better than anyone else. There, there are sports stations across this country dedicating 
the large part of their week to the NFL and free agency. And there's a reason for that because they've mastered the art of hyping up their sport and things going on around their sport. Uh, another nugget here involving a former Viking and you go back years and years with your Chicago Bears fandom here. Cordero Patterson to the Chicago Bears. I think it's $4 million a year on a two-year contract, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. That seems like an interesting signing and a, a trinket that Matt Nagy and now Brad Childress can maybe... I didn't want to say anything on these airwaves because Cordero Patterson is sort of a punchline around here. But when I when I saw him, so I didn't want to get laughed at. But when I saw him on the free agent market, as I was going through the list of players, I was like, hmm, that'd be an interesting fit for Matt Nagy and that Bears offense. I think I think he could do some things there. I think they could do some things with him. But I felt like if I said that, you guys would just laugh no. at me and tell me how terrible he no. was here, and that's what I should expect there. Because the last, at least, at least, uh, you know, within the walls of this studio, when Judd and I have talked about it, it's it, it all depends on how open minded and how creative the offensive coordinator and the coach are. Cordell Patterson is not a route running precision. You know, he's not he's not going to be a, a Stefan Diggs level route runner. Right. He's not going to. He's not going to be able to uh, to memorize or or implement all of the uh, <laughs> intricate routes of the route tree, so to speak, right? But he's fast, he's athletic, and if you can get the ball to him, he can make plays and score touchdowns. Right. And when the Vikings made a concerted effort at various times during his career here to just put the ball in his hands and let him go, and whether it's a screen pass or a handoff or a pitch or a kick return and see what happens... More often than not, you like what you saw, but when it was, all right, it's third and eight, needed to line up outside and run a route and beat your cornerback across. Being just the right spot at just the right time, and the ball's going to be waiting for you. Not his game. Right. So if Matt Nagy understands what he is and how to use him properly, and he's probably not going to be targeted 150 times like a top wide receiver would be. He'll be a gadget guy. If you can get him the ball 40 times in a season in advantageous spots, you might get something on some end arounds, some screens, some trick plays. Put mm-hmm. him on special teams. I think he could. He could. Uh, he could. The joke could be on you if he's been a punchline around here all these years. Yeah, I think we all figured when he went to the Patriots that, that would, like, well, the Patriots thought there was value there. Okay, then now you start to have Cordell Patterson regrets. You think like that too, huh? Like whenever the Patriots let somebody go, you're like, eh, there's probably a good reason they let that guy go. And whenever they sign somebody, you're like, oh, there's something there with that guy. And then when Bill Belichick is shirtless on a raft out in <laughs> Bermuda or Barbados, is it Barbados? I'm not sure. And uh, everyone else is spending big money and trading for wide receivers. And he's sitting out there like, whatever, we'll just grab some guys in the fourth round and win another Super Bowl next year. On to Cincinnati. Does Bill Belichick look better with the shirt off than you do? Because I'm willing to admit, Bill Belichick looks better with the shirt off than I do. You know what? Before my training for the big climb yeah. for LLS, you I would have yes. said yes. But I shed a few pounds for okay. the big climb. Good for you. Started working out a little bit more regularly. I'm not going to say uh, I'm a Picasso with my shirt off. <laughs> but you're, but I look you're better doing than Bill better Belichick. Than Bill Belichick. Yeah. Jonathan, better or worse than Bill Belichick with the shirt off? Rami, I'm eating Cheetos while <laughs> podcasting the last show. Of I course, you he just looks answered better. the question. <laughs> you just answered the question. Thank you. I appreciate it. Where's the corn dogs? No corn dog today? <laughs> Not today. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. Uh, yeah, it's all right. Thursday tomorrow. Another former Viking, Adrian Peterson, back to the Washington Redskins on a two year contract today. 34 year old Adrian Peterson coming off a 1,000 yard season back to Washington. And I say, you know what? It worked well in Washington last year. 
you might as well go back and try and rekindle that match. I'm considering for write that down this Friday to predict that Adrian Peterson will last far longer than any of us. Like, he'll still be playing football long after we're talking about people playing football. So he said this is probably his second to last season with the Vikings. Let's call it four years ago when he was in his 30s. So he was 31 or 32. And it's probably 30 or 31. He was in his 30s. And somebody asked him every year, it was how long do you want to play? How long do you want to play? And I believe he said another seven years. Like he had mapped it out. I think I can play for seven more years until I'm 38 years old. And it was like, dude, have you, okay. The best (laughs) running backs in history were out of the league between ages 29 and 33. Like Walter Payton was 32, 33, and then that was pretty much it. And Mm -hmm. then he might have hung on for another season or two. Emmett Smith was still grinding out three and a half yards of carry for the Cardinals. In that was the so sad. Early 2000s. But he was 34, maybe, and that was it. Yeah. And here's this guy talking about playing till he's 38. But he's coming off a 1,000-yard season. And it wasn't like three yards of carry. They're just giving the ball 400 times. It was a legitimate 1,000-yard season. And uh, and a decent yards per carry rate, and he's thirty four, so it's less laughable now than it was. He's not human. Like I remember when he said that, and I was down in down in in Milwaukee, and but you know, word of that travels there in the division and everything, and I went, yeah, he could do it. He's not, he's not, he's not one of us. Okay, he's not a mere mortal. He's it's insane what this the just the physical specimen that this guy is. I remember. And it seems like inconsequential, and why would Rami remember that? But for some reason, this stands out to me. It was like six months after this dude tore his ACL, and he was at some Vikings event, some fundraiser or something. And just to show everybody like how 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 far he's come and how how recovered he is from a torn ACL, on off one leg, off the leg that he had a torn ACL, he just leaped up onto the stage like three and a half, four feet, just jumped off one leg up onto the stage, just say, "Hey, everybody, my knee is fine." Yeah. Like. That's insane. The dude is Wolverine in a football uniform. Yeah, and he is very much in tune with what the records are. He knows exactly. At one point before injuries, he had the ACL injury that wiped out a large chunk of, well, it was actually only like a month because he came back the next year and ran for 2,000 yards. But then he got the the 15-game suspension for the child abuse thing. And before he missed chunks of those seasons, he knew exactly, in his mind, the, the week and the year that he was going to beat the all-time NFL rushing record. It was like, in, I believe it. in 2024, when I'm 37 years old, that in week nine, that'll be the week yeah, that I passed the math Emmett Smith. Average carries, yards per carry. Yeah. And now, I would, I, I would say, because I think he's jumped up right around top 10 range, I think he has a chance to be one of the top five or top three rushers if he plays for another like three years and gets the ball on a regular basis. Now, do I think giving the ball to him on a regular basis is like the central core strategy for a Super Bowl championship team? No, but, but that's, we're talking about Washington. We're talking about the Redskins. We're not talking <laughs> right. about a Super Bowl team. Right. Um, let's throw a couple more out here. Uh, and our phone lines are open. We're hanging out on Twitch here, twitch.tv slash score north. It's a Judless Mackie and Judd with Rami show. We got Jonathan here. Speaking of former Vikings. Are we fired up? The update is done on the computer. We're on oh, the, yeah, okay. we're, we're, yeah, we're okay. rocking and rolling. Okay. We're twitching. Yeah, we got hit okay. with the uh, the Windows update screen, right, when we were trying to fire this up. So how do we how do we hang with our Twitch friends if we're doing a Windows update? But here we're we back are. now. Yes. Hi. So Teddy Bridgewater yesterday, the news was he turned down more money and maybe even more years with the Dolphins to stay in New Orleans and be Drew Brees' backup. Well, now multiple credible people from around the NFL media sphere 
are reporting, no, he's actually still a free agent. He hasn't agreed to anything yet, and Miami is making a late push to sign Teddy Bridgewater. To which I say, I would rather roll the dice for still seven figures, right? You'd still make a few million dollars as a backup quarterback. I'd rather be Drew Brees' backup for this year on the chance that I could be the starter in New Orleans under Sean Payton starting in 2020 going forward. He's only 26 years old. Yeah. So he could still be the starter for like 10 years, you know, if everything went well. Then go to that dumpster fire franchise in Miami. Basically, ever since Dan Marino retired, they have had zero it's been a re- as far as head coaches and quarterbacks in Miami, it's been a revolving door since basically since Dan Marino left. There's no way I'd put my career in the hands of the Miami Dolphins organization if I had another choice. Yeah. If you don't have a choice, there's only 32 starting quarterback jobs in the world, so you take it. But if you have a choice of stay here, be groomed by Sean Payton for another year or two while Drew Brees plays out the stretch, and then I can take this thing over with one of the more well-regarded offensive minds in, in the game today who's basically turned Drew Brees into what he is, yeah, I think I'll I'll stay here and take my chances with Sean yeah, Payton and I mean, the Saints. Think about, like, you've got, if, if, if Drew Brees retires after this season and you're set up with one of the great offensive-minded coaches, one of the best wide receivers, one of the best running backs, you've got some defensive players there now, you're playing indoors where you're comfortable, uh, it, it all seems to... And you're playing in a division, by the way, that has the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You get two free wins every year, too. Right. It's great. Like You just start 2-0. and That's really nice. In that division. That's outstanding. Um, it's like having the Lions in your division. Unless you're the Vikings, and you actually <laughs> lose to the Lions on a semi-regular basis for no reason at all. Like Mike Zimmer loses to the Lions way more often than he probably should. He beats the Packers, but he can't beat the Lions, apparently. Uh, and then, like, we're, we've got our eye, and in fact, if you're, uh, if you're watching us on the Twitch stream, you see over my head here, we've just pulled in NFL and Vikings Twitter. So I was you're, doing a Vanna White thing. Yes. Yeah, you, you aren't going to miss a tweet, whether it's from Courtney Cronin or Judd's Hot Takes or Adam Schefter. Is Judd tweeting today? I haven't seen much from him. Okay. Hopefully he's resting, saving his takes for tomorrow. He's spewing, but you not takes. You don't think... <laughs> I hate you. You don't think he has the the energy to, to to tweet? You think he doesn't even have the thumbs today to to participate in the free agency frenzy bonanza? If he knew how to do voice to text, yeah, I think he could do like voice to tweet or voice to text. Okay. I don't know if he technologically is. It, we're talking about a guy who doesn't know how to put songs on his phone. So I have trouble with that too. I'm not going to lie. We might have to fire up the Judbot 3000 today, Ooh, Jonathan. I've heard about Judbot. Ra- Rami's not familiar with the Judbot 3000. I've not heard about it. But usually when Judd's out, the Juddbot 3000 comes in and will give us the takes that Judd would be giving us. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah we should do that today. Okay. We'll, we'll do that before the before the, the show is over. Before the hour is over, we'll do some Juddbot 3000. We're doing another uh, football free agency frenzy bonanza watch along tonight on our uh, Twitter stream. And it's me and uh, Danny Cunningham and Manny. I don't know if I can deal with Danny all night, dude. He's going to be insufferable with his Browns getting Odell Beckham Jr. This is a tweet he just put out quoting the... Uh, the link to hour one of uh, Score North Live with Matthew Collar said, Hello, people of Minnesota. The Browns are on top, and you can listen to me talk about OBJ in here. It's the best move made by an NFL team ever, to be honest. Yeah, let's not give him a microphone. <laughs> I don't know if I can take this. How long do I have to do this watch along tonight with Danny? Late cancellation. Let's. <laughs> Let's pull Danny off of the show. All right, good. Mackie and Judd, Judd list today. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North. 
It's bracket time. Everyone's involved in a bracket. Well, now you can participate in the bracket to end all brackets. The bracket bracket. A bracket to bracket brackets. For welders, contractors, do-it-yourselfers. That brackets the architectural elements for fixing one part to another. Broken down into categories. Structural or decorative. So which is better? Which is sturdier? Steel, iron, wood, stone, plaster, metal? Which will be the big winner? L-shape, horizontal, vertical, wall-mounted, maybe adjustable shell with the big upset, it's not really gambling, it's just good fun, and it holds up. Bracket joke, the bracket bracket. Enter today at bracket.bracket slash bracket backslash bracket.com. All right, let's talk about TCL TV. What was that website again? Bracket.bracket slash bracket. Got it. Dot bracket. Yes. Gotcha. Uh, TCL is America's fastest growing TV brand, you may have heard, and uh, you can go into any major local retailer here in the Twin Cities and find TCL TVs for yourself. So uh, TCL is uh, is giving people a great chance to see the Timberwolves before the season is over. You can head to scorenorth.com, that's S-K-O-R north.com, and enter the keyword TCL. And you can win four tickets to see the Minnesota Timberwolves from the best seat in the house. It's a TCL theater box inside Target Center as they take on Russell Westbrook and the Oklahoma City Thunder on April 7th. So I know uh, I've watched a couple games from the TCL theater box. We're talking about... The premium of premium seating inside Target Center, dramatic views of the arena, VIP experience unlike any other, five-star cuisine, lounge area, oversized chairs. Again, scorenorth.com, S-K-O-R-North.com, keyword T-C-L, and you can win tickets. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Thank you, Jonathan. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami today, minus Judd. He's uh, down with the flu. I'm Rami. There's Mackie, Jonathan Harrison, other side of the glass. On Score North on 1500, Score North. Dot com in the midst of our football free agency frenzy bonanza. If you want to get in on the show, give us a call at 651-646-8255 or tweet us at Score North. Phil, uh, you brought a question to the table today that in a roundabout way kind of popped into my mind yesterday, strangely enough, when I was watching uh, the Dan Levitard show and they were showing shirtless Bill Belichick walking down the beach. We need more shirtless Bill Belichick. Can we get shirtless Bill Belichick and other situations too like not just on a beach but like does can we get shirtless bill belichick on an elliptical machine at he the should gym? just coach like that he he's shirtless be, bill belichick in the afc championship right game? he should just be walking the sidelines in khakis <laughs> and no shirt no shirt but i i saw that and i was like man everybody is scrambling and bending over backwards and freeing up cap space and renegotiating and negotiating and working out trades and None none of what's happening right now matters as much as that guy. You know what I mean? And you and then you asked a question today of what's more important, what's more valuable, players or front office guys, GMs or presidents or whoever is calling the shots for the respective team. Everybody yeah. has a different title nowadays, but I mean when you're talking about a Belichick type, I think he's to borrow a quote from Kevin Durant, the real MVP at the end of the day, is he not? Is there anybody more valuable in the NFL than Bill Belichick? So here, here's a, a thought experiment for us to answer that question. All right. And I and I just started doing this with NBA, uh, Major League Baseball, NFL. I, hockey's a little tough, but the, but, the, but the thought experiment is if you created a redraft of every league, so, mm-hmm. so, so every player goes back in the pool, and in addition to all the players going back into a free agent pool or a draft pool, you also add GMs and coaches. 
how many players would you would you suspect go off the board, or or how many would would you pick in front of coaches and GMs? Like how many? Like in the NBA, I, I I'll start the thought experiment by saying in the NBA because star players are so impactful, right? Like if you have LeBron James in his prime on your team, it doesn't really matter who coaches you, as he showed. It, you you win fifty or sixty games and you flirt with championships or win championships, right? Uh, not as much now that he's thirty four and banged up and whatnot. I would probably take 15 or 20 star players in the NBA before I would get to, I don't know, like R.C. Buford or something mm-hmm. or uh, whoever the like I, the, the Warriors front office seems like a br- bunch of bright guys. Right. I'll probably I'll probably get 10 or 15 players, maybe 20 players out, and then I'd start picking off the smartest front offices mm-hmm. in baseball. I might actually start the number one draft pick I might make might be like Jeff Luno. No, it'd be Bill Belichick. No, baseball. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Or Theo Epstein. And in, so so in football, yeah. the only question would be, would you take a quarterback before you would take Bill Belichick? No. In your draft? Absolutely not. I'm taking Belichick. If you're doing this, if you're doing this thought experiment in the NFL and coaches, front office are all thrown in there with players and everybody's just in a pool and we start drafting an entire organization and I have the first pick. It's Bill Belichick, ten times out of ten. There's, so Bill Belichick for you it. over because I, I would take Pat Mahomes. I nope. want I want the quarterback, and then I just hope to find the right coach. But, but once I get down that list of quarterbacks, okay, is it Pat Mahomes, and then maybe it's like Russell Wilson, and I and I would personally I want that quarterback for ten years, and sometime in that ten year period, hopefully, unlike what Philip Rivers has dealt with, you find the right coach. But oh, but after I get through a handful of quarterbacks, I'm with you. Now I'm drafting the head coach slash front office guru combo mm-hmm. guy. Uh, you know, Andy Reid might be in there, even though people laugh at Andy Reid because he's never won a Super Bowl. But go look at Andy Reid's track record for twenty bleeping years he's in the a, regular season. He's a top ten pick in this yeah. in this thought experiment you're talking about. He's easily a top ten pick, if yeah. not top five. But you would there are guys you would take before Bill Belichick. I would yes, I would take young quarterbacks. By young meaning, do you have eight to fifteen years? left in the NFL, in which you're going to play at a close to MVP level. Okay, are we thinking long-term health of the franchise? Because I don't know how many more years Bill Belichick wants to keep doing this. Well, but if you start your franchise with Bill Belichick... And he lays the groundwork and the foundation... You have to you have to account for that. Right. How long is it going to take from scratch if you start your drafting process with Bill Belichick and everyone else is drafting players... Their rosters are better. It doesn't you don't matter. Have a Teams are g- losing their mind to go out and get players right now, and he's walking along a beach shirtless somewhere, <laughs> funny thing. knowing he's going to contend for a Super Bowl in six months. You know what I mean? Yeah. Go and get all the players. Have your drafts. Have your free agency. And then Bill Belichick is going to show up to OTAs and start figuring out how he's going to make a winner out of this group of jokers. That's just what he does. I know. And you know what? There might also be a bleep it factor where – You've got so many championships, and you've been to so many Super Bowls. You might even think, I probably should be a little more active in free agency, but I'm like 68 years old. I'm the greatest coach of all time, and like, I'm rich. I'm just going to go hang out on the beach. No, I think he just grab a knows. cocktail, take my I th- shirt off. I think he went over the free agent list before it started. He was like, yeah, I don't need any of these guys. <laughs> I'm just going to go to the beach. I'm good. Do we still have a practice squad of eight guys? Well, okay, we'll just promote those dudes to the active roster and I'll turn them into Super Bowl champions. I still got Brady. All well, right, I'm cool. With baseball, all right, how many is like in your mind, is Theo Epstein the top? Yeah, he's the cream of the crop. So, how many players would you take over Theo Epstein if you were 
laying out a player and executive draft. Maybe Mike Trout. But if you ask the Angels right now, would you rather have Mike Trout or Theo Epstein? They'd probably say Theo Epstein. Right? Yeah. Because what has Mike Trout gotten them? Not, nothing, really. No World Series championships. They've only been to the playoffs like two or three yeah, you times. you know what? I might, yeah. I think I would take, you just talked me out of it. I would take Theo Epstein with the first pick in this theoretical draft you've come so, up with. So why is it that I keep asking rhetorical questions that are unanswerable here, but why is it that we will, from an economic standpoint, we'll pay stiff middle relievers like $4 million a year, and and now now it's getting a little bit better because teams aren't doling out money to if it used to be that if you had an arm and could throw a baseball 85 miles an hour or more like your starting salary was five million dollars and if it was a left arm you could add three million to that automatically (laughs) right yeah so like addison reed is making eight million dollars or nine million dollars from the twins Mm -hmm. and i and i don't know Derek falvey probably makes a third of that as the but like if theo epstein makes five or ten million dollars he makes the same as addison reed and those guys are, you're measuring how, what kind of an impact do they have on a franchise? Like, I would pay Theo Epstein or Bill Belichick 20 to $30 million a year to just fix my franchise. Yeah. Right? Right. It makes total sense. It make, and, and taking these guys first in these theoretical drafts we're talking about also makes total sense. I know there might be people driving around in their cars right now saying that we're crazy. 651-646-8255 is the number to call and tell us we're crazy. Write to us. You don't have to say it to your radio. But it when you think about what these guys mean to a franchise and how much more impact they can have than any one player, you're right. In the NBA, it's different because, I mean, you just look at a playoff series and four out of every five playoff series, the best player in the series wins regardless yeah. of who he's surrounded by on his team. So basketball is a little bit different because a guy can take the game into his own hands, essentially, and just dominate when you're a LeBron James or somebody yeah. even close to that level. But in baseball and football, these these front office executives, these these franchise architects, let's just put that label on them because some of them are GMs, presidents. I don't even know what Derek Falvey and Thad Levine's now you sound like titles the, are. the guy who came up with the Subway sandwich artist. Franchise yeah. architects are the most valuable thing in both football and baseball, without a doubt. Uh, catch 22-er on the Twitch stream here, twitch.tv slash scorenorth says, you guys are right, GMs are undervalued. But the guys who hire them are usually nitwits. Well, just because the Timberwolves are. Uh, <laughs> it's the same way in corporate America. Go high enough up the ladder, and eventually you run out of people who are good at something. But I, I would almost disagree in that there's a lot of really smart, innovative CEOs, and the people that they employ, you know, the higher you go up the ladder, the CEOs start to make $15, $20, 25000000 million a year, right? And... The people beneath them make far less. And in sports, it's the opposite. The players make $15, $20 million a year. Unless Bill Belichick is making $20 million a year, and we just don't know, but I don't think that's the case. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if his salary has ever been made public. Like Blake Bortles probably makes more than Bill Belichick, which is a That would be a crying shame. Because Bortles makes what? Is it $13 million or something? 10 or $15 million, I want to say. If I was Bill Belichick and I found out that Blake Bortles makes more money than me, I'm storming right into Robert Kraft's office. And then to Barbados. <laughs> and then to Barbados. For an extended yeah. vacation. <laughs> just make sure to knock on Robert Kraft's door before you go that. in. Damn you, Jonathan. <laughs> Beat me to it. Damn you. Oh, man. 651-646-8255. It's, uh, it is, we're right in the middle of NFL and Vikings free agency frenzy bonanza, but we did make time later on in the show for in other news. 
So don't don't fret. We will dive into in other news. I have to again. My cup runneth over with in other news news items, and so I have to pick and choose which ones I'll actually use today. But I got some good ones. It's a life of luxury when you scroll through the (laughs) wacky news uh, archives of the internet. Uh, But I think we should deviate even just for a brief moment here from free agency football frenzy bonanza. Because I, so I didn't see this last night, but I woke up and I just like, I roll over and I check Twitter when I wake up in the middle of the night sometimes. I woke up at 3.30 in the morning and just scrolled through Twitter and my whole timeline was people bitching about the players only broadcast of when the Wolves game. When you get up in the middle of the night, you go straight to Twitter? Yeah. I do that sometimes in the morning, but I know if I do that in the middle of the night, it's just going to keep me up. I sat there for 20 minutes just scrolling through people ripping Isaiah Thomas and <laughs> for what they were saying about Carl Anthony Towns. And it wasn't I, just that we'll, we'll get into this, but it was much more than just what they were saying about Carl Anthony Towns. All right. So we'll we'll dive into some of that. Do we have clips, Jonathan? Do we have clips of this atrocity last night? I don't, but I can find them. OK. OK. All right. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all new score north. And speaking of free agency frenzy bonanza, it's really easy to find and subscribe to our Viking shows all in one feed. Anywhere you find podcasts, Spotify, Apple Whatever third-party app you use, just search Score North Vikings, and you can find Purple Daily, Purple Podcast, eventually Vikings Vetline. We'll be back. And uh, the other easy places are we have an awesome Score North mobile app that you can check out. So just just uh, go to your app store, whether it's Google or, uh, or Apple, and search for the Score North mobile app. You can listen to our live stream, find our podcast on demand, written articles, etc. Let's talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company here for just a brief moment. Now, staying rested and alert is the best way to ensure that fatigue doesn't become an issue behind the wheel. So if you are up at three o'clock in the morning and you're tired, it's safe to scroll through Twitter. Probably not safe to get behind the wheel of a car. Just some friendly advice. Uh, I mean, you can get into trouble on Twitter, too, but not as much as you can in a car. Correct. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it depends on what you're doing on Twitter. People have lost their jobs on Twitter. Yeah, that's true. Here are some facts on drowsy driving. Or drowsy tweeting. Maybe the, we've got some facts on drowsy driving. But drowsy driving uh, facts from the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration. Almost 800 people died in accidents involving drowsy drivers in 2017. 90,000 crashes involved drowsy drivers in 2015. Drowsy driving accidents happen most frequently between midnight and 6 a.m. So be alert and be self-aware with your own level of drowsiness and be on the lookout for other people on the roads between those hours especially. When you're alert and well-rested, you're doing your part to help everyone make it home safe today. Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. All right, thank you, Jonathan. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Judd, it's not going to be his Michael Jordan flu game today. He uh, mm. He's resting and home and maybe can be back tomorrow to deliver some. I was going to hold him and help takes. him off the court like Scotty did for Michael, well, too. I thought we could recreate that touching moment. Yeah, guess not. did Scotty get sick? Do we know? I don't think so. I feel like if you embrace a man who's that sweaty and has <laughs> and, the flu, <laughs> you know what? Like you're you're right. destined to get sick, right? You're right. You would think so. Maybe after the series. Maybe it set <laughs> yeah, in just, after the series. It kicked in like four days later. Yeah, during the parade, he probably felt miserable. Throwing <laughs> uh, up over the side of the bus with Judd out. It's been a tradition on this show. It's been a while since we've checked in with the Juddbot three thousand, mm-hmm. but. Uh, Jonathan has been in communication with the Judbot 3000, right? Yeah, he's uh, he's ready to come out. Okay. He's let's, got some hot takes. Let's so, hear what uh, Judd, yeah, Judbot 3000 has to yeah, say. What, uh, what, what are some uh, thoughts from Judbot? The more I think about it, this Anthony Barr thing is a fatal mistake by the Vikings. 
and it signals the end of the line for Rick Spielman. Once you start letting coaches make front office decisions, you've lost all control. Plus, the Vikings have no offensive line. This is a disaster. The Vikings should tank and trade everybody. Wow, that's, that's awfully cryptic. <laughs> That's, but that's insanely like, accurate. Dark. But insanely accurate. That's exactly what Judd would say if he was sitting in this chair here today. <laughs> wow. This thing is good. Boy. That's uh all right. Well I guess we'll we'll check in later with the Judbot. Do we just input his yeah, columns into the Judbot and it, it takes it takes pieces of it and somehow makes some sort of artificial Listen, Judd intelligence? We don't input anything into the Judbot. We just oh, really? we, we just call the Judbot three thousand up and and we uh, we give him a little poke, and he delivers takes on behalf of Judbot, on behalf of real Judd. I should so say. this is a sentient being. This isn't. It's like an artificial intelligence. Wow. Yeah. This is something. I didn't it's know we revolutionary had, technology. I didn't know we had the budget for this type yeah. of technology. It's, I it's had low, no idea. It's low budget. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, do we low have, budget artificial intelligence? Not to put you on the spot here, but do we have any clips from this abomination of a players only broadcast yeah, last let's night? See here. Okay. Got to switch over to the right page. Great to Carl Anthony Towns' chest. Catch it. My oh. turn to go back at you. Oh. Oh. Smithy's plays below the rim. Somebody call Steve Smith. That's about it. <laughs> so so the, the, the beef that people had with this broadcast was twofold from what I could tell. I didn't catch any of it, but I have caught many of the players only broadcast before. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, number one, it was Isaiah Thomas was over-the-top critical of Carl Anthony Towns, which I'll circle back to here in a second. Yeah. But secondly, it's like they don't prep, so there's no play-by-play guy driving. Mm-hmm. On, on paper, this seems like a great idea. Just put a bunch of players in there and let them talk during the game. Right. But there's really no one driving the conversation. And then beyond that, they don't really prep enough. Like, they don't know the players' names, and they're mispronouncing stuff. And it's like they just kind of wander in. And, oh, it's basketball. Like, we've been playing basketball our whole lives. So we're just going to wander in. You can't do that. I watched the game last night. I have no idea what just happened in that clip right there. I have no clue what just happened in that clip right there. None. What, Jonathan, can you play it again? I'll see if I can figure this uh, out. Give me a second. I'll have to pull okay. Because I have no clue. And I think people sitting at home, they don't really understand the, the value of a good play-by-play man and what he actually brings to the table in terms of your mm-hmm. enjoyment and comprehension of a game, but what he does, and I know you're, wa- I know you're watching, and you can see what happens, but you still want a description. That's why there are announcers, and then this happens. Great to Carl Anthony Towns' chest. Catch it! Oh. My turn to go back at you. Oh. Oh. Smitty's plays below the rim. Somebody call Steve Smith. <laughs> Who is Smitty? Why are we calling Steve Smith? Uh, what just happened? I have no idea. No, that was the one where Carl Anthony Towns did the step back. That was the, so step, the back? Crossover step back. Yeah, that, that was, was step the back. step back. That's in joking. I really would have no idea. Yeah. Now, in fairness, it is TV, so they're just assuming that you're watching and yeah, still, you don't need I mean, a description. But I'm mostly with with you on this. Like there has to be some direction in the broadcast, and there just didn't seem to be any. And I get the idea of having a couple of NBA players just hanging out, talking about the game, reacting to it could be fun. But there still should be some direction in calls of big plays like that, where you're going to watch that from now until whenever, and you're going to have that as the call for it? That's well, just disappointing. So here, here's my biggest beef, though, with what happened last night and just catching some of the clips after the fact and, and reading some of the, So Isaiah Thomas kept bringing up how Carl Anthony Towns, until you lead a team to the playoffs or until you do something in the playoffs, you know, you're worthless, basically. And this is a problem that the Timberwolves have to fix 
immediately. It already happened once that the the quality of the franchise and just the sewage that was around a star player in the 90s and the early 2000s tarnished Kevin Garnett's legacy. And I, I, it's, Kevin Garnett was a better overall player, I think unquestionably, than Tim Duncan was. And I'm sure Spurs fans would fight me on this. And like obviously, Tim Duncan has a handful of championship rings, and Kevin Garnett has one, and it was with Boston. But Kevin Garnett was a better player up and down than Tim Duncan was. He was surrounded with Kevin Garnett, Timberwolves infrastructure, which Flip Saunders was great, but like Kevin Garnett's sidekicks were Wally Zerbiak and like Anthony Peeler for a couple of years. You mean Troy Hudson was their second go-to scorer in a playoff series against Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal in 2002. It was KG carrying a bunch of borderline starting players for eight years until Sam Cassell and Latrell Sprewell got there. And Tim Duncan, meanwhile, had David Robinson. He had Monte Ginobili, Tony Parker, uh, guys like Robert Ory coming off the bench and bombing big threes in games, right? I mean, he just, and, and obviously Greg Popovich in the front office. And so I don't want to see this thing happen to Carl Anthony Towns where, like, if you pulled all of America right now and said, who's the better big man, Joel Embiid or Carl Anthony Towns? I think 80% of America would say Joel Embiid, and that's mm-hmm. wrong. It's, mm-hmm. it's, mo- it's much more of a coin flip between those two guys. And based on Isaiah Thomas's theory, well, if go do something in the playoffs. Joel Embiid, you know, well, Joel Embiid has Ben Simmons next to him and J.J. Redick hitting three-pointers from everywhere. And now Jimmy Butler, right? Tobias That's Harris. It. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so if you were to just give Carl Anthony Towns, J.J. Redick and Ben Simmons, forget about Jimmy Butler, just give him Ben Simmons and a three-point shooter from outside and an organization with better infrastructure. You don't think the Wolves are probably like the four seed in the Western Conference right now? No, yeah, they probably. are for sure. Yeah. And this is going to happen with Carl Anthony Towns where people are going to rag on him and call him the problem when it's really the fact that his sidekick right now is Robert Covington who hasn't played in two months. End rant. And you would think that a player on on players only night would have that perspective. You to would know, think, yes. To, like if you're going to bring anything to the table, at least bring the perspective and the view of a player who would understand that no one guy, no matter how good he is, carries a franchise into the playoffs or to any sort of great success. So I, that's especially disappointing, even for Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Well, look at and Anthony Davis something. and LeBron James this year. They're not going to play in the playoffs. Right. But here's, and this is what I worry about, more than what Isaiah Thomas has to say, Phil, is that he's not the only one who's going to say that. There are going to continue to be people to say that, and eventually Carl Anthony Towns is going to hear that, and you're envisioning a Kevin Garnett-like scenario, I'm I'm envisioning something far worse. You at least had Kevin Garnett here for a long time before you lost him. I'm envisioning Anthony Davis all over again in two or three years from now because Carl Anthony Towns continues to hear this because yeah. he plays for a franchise that can't figure out how to put a core around him that will that will achieve any great success. And he, But it, people are going to keep putting it on Carl Anthony Towns' shoulders and say he hasn't taken that next step as a superstar until he can carry this franchise into the playoffs and further, he's going to keep hearing that. His boys are going to keep hearing that. He's going to talk to people in NBA circles who are going to keep saying that, and eventually he's going to get tired of that rap and ask to get out and go somewhere else where he can win and prove that that is not true and it's not his fault that the Timberwolves can't get very far. So on a five-year max contract here, it's I think it's fair to say that you have three years to show him we're legitimate, you've got sidekicks, and this organization is for real. The coach is for real. The front office is for real, right? 
Because if you get past that, now you've now you got to if, if you're if you don't have your ducks in a row within the next three years, and now there's only two years left in his contract, now you have to start thinking about okay, what's the exit strategy if he doesn't want to play here anymore? So you've in, in my estimation, you've got three years to dump the Andrew. Well, you may, might have you might have to dump the Andrew Wiggins contract before then because you have to see whatever you get in return for him, which might also be a bad contract. You have to get that off the books. But you got to find a way to put something around him that's better than what you put around Kevin Garnett in the late '90s, early 2000s. Like Joe Smith can't be the second best player, or you know Joe Smith caliber player can't be the second best player on this team, or you're going to have the same situation. We have a couple of developments in uh, football free agency frenzy bonanza. First of all, the Vikings just made it official: the signings of Anthony Barr and Shamar Stephan. Because the non uh, the the legal tampering period has passed, so they can start making these things official. The 49ers signed Tevin Coleman, interesting, to a two year, ten million dollar deal. Ooh, interesting, very affordable. Vikings could have done that. There's a lot of running backs out there. I mean, that's what Latavius Murray was four million dollars a year. It seems like there's a four to five million dollar a year mark here for some of these backup running backs. And the Vikings need a backup running back, and I know there isn't a lot of money there, but these guys are going off the board for relatively yeah. little money. I think what's tough is the Vikings are planning for Delvin Cook to not play 16 games, but you're not going to get a guy in. Like people were asking, well, man, uh, Ingram signed with uh, uh, who call it today? Baltimore. Baltimore. Close enough. And Baltimore is probably going to offer like that. That was an affordable what four million dollar a year price tag for yeah, Ingram. About five, yeah. And uh, but Baltimore is going to say, yeah, we'll get you 200 carries. The Vikings can't promise that, right? It's, that makes it's sense. A backup role with that the makes sense. But do you think Tevin Coleman is getting a starter guarantee in in San Francisco? Not starter guarantee, but they've it's been committee situation there for a couple years. But I mean, they just gave McKinnon big money last year. He probably won't be healthy to start the year. No, he's and McKinnon's not a. If you had McKinnon and Tevin Coleman, a couple pretty, of ninjas coming out of the backfield catching passes, punch. Yeah, that's not a bad way to to construct your backfield. Um. You found a list of uh, a fun list that we can dive into here at some point in the next uh, 20 minutes or so. Uh, is it agents that filled out the least and most desirable NFL destinations? Yeah. SI, and then this week happened. Yeah. <laughs> SI asked uh, NFL agents who uh, what were the le- most and least uh, desirable NFL destinations? And yeah, the, the answers versus some of the moves that happened in the NFL this week don't really jive when you look at it. It's uh, it's kind of funny. So we'll do that. I want to I want to shove a bachelor update down your guys' throats at some point. Please do. Very dramatic night. Last That's night. what I hear. Yeah. And we we have the next bachelorette. Is this true? Also, might have been a terrible decision by them. Are you a bachelorette yeah. fan as well, or I'll, just I the get bachelor? In, I get into both. Okay. Yeah. All right. If you guys wanted Judd bought three thousands ready. He's got something else for you. Oh. Oh, yeah. Judbot three thousand has more. Does, yeah, he's does, got more. You want it? Please. Okay. Yeah. Yes. More football right takes. Go ahead. I know this is Vikings and NFL free agency week, but I need to get something off my chest. The Minnesota Wild. Okay. The problem with the Wild is this. They're still gutless cowards, even after making those trades. How can you roll off five straight wins and then just lay down against Florida and San Jose? Pathetic. I'm done with this team. I need a drink. Can Judbot 3000 drink? Wouldn't that break him? Short circuit? I don't know. What, did, what does he drink? He drinks oil? He, he drinks WD-40? What does he drink? I don't know. Um, let's talk about the best car dealership and service department in the Twins. Speaking of, speaking of oil, if you, 
You need an oil change. You need any kind of maintenance. You stop into that service department on the corner of 694 Brooklyn Boulevard. Luther Brookdale Toyota will have you covered. And, you know, I've I've been driving around and I feel like pothole season is at a peak in my lifetime around the Twin Cities. It is aggressive. How many? There's like potholes that will end your vehicle if you you put a wheel in there. So potholes are, are a bad situation right now. They can mess up your alignment and cause damage you really can't see, which can cause bigger problems later on. Kind of a sneaky issue. So if you're hitting a bunch of potholes like we are, bring your vehicle into Luther Brookdale Toyota. And have Steve and uh, and the crew check on that thing. I mean, just going up like through campus. My God, it's like you guys ever seen Ghostbusters, the the original Ghostbusters with yeah. Dan Aykroyd? Yep. And like the earthquake opens up holes in the city, and that's what I feel like driving down University every day. It's insane. Like my car is just going to be, it's just going to dive into a pothole, and I'm never going to be found again. <laughs> so bring it into Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. At what point does a pothole become a sinkhole? It's like, I, that's I'll, my question. I'll call you on my way home, and I'll do play-by-play <laughs> and tell you. Mackie and Jeb with Rami.